0: I'm your host, Anita Inslee, and this is Decode the Secrets to Your Success, a podcast series dedicated to unveiling secrets for success in the entertainment industry and educating performers. This episode is entitled 10 Things a Network Casting Director Wants You to Know. My guest today is Karen Noble. Karen worked as an ABC network and ABC studio casting executive of drama series, which include Grey's Anatomy, Criminal Minds, Lost, Desperate Housewives, Brothers and Sisters, and Ghost Whisperer. Karen collaborated on productions with CBS, NBC, Lifetime, FX, Warner Brothers, and Sony. Her career in casting originally began in ABC Talent Development, where she worked on The Casting Project, a diversity initiative produced annually in New York and Los Angeles for an industry-only audience. You can find out more about Karen in the details section of this podcast. Karen, thank you for joining me today and discussing your tips on what every network casting director wants you to know thanks so much for having me i'm happy to be here tip number one casting directors are your champions we want you to do well you've been called into an audition because we feel you have something to offer let me start by asking you a couple questions about this we are talking about television yes so The people that you see at an audition have been requested. They're not someone that that have just signed up to see you. They go through an agent, and you have selected them to come to the audition. That's right. So you could have a small co-star role in which maybe
1: you'll say two lines on TV if you book that role, and there may be uh, 500 submissions for that. So a casting director takes time to go through all those submissions, And then they bring you in and they see something about your look or what your past experience and they see something in you, they bring that you have, they believe that you have something um, to offer. And so then they call you in. If
0: let's say I'm the talent, I don't do well, are you still my champion? Absolutely. Why? Because um, we will give you feedback. If there's time to give feedback, if the agent
1: asks for feedback, either there's direct feedback in the room or there's feedback that can be given after, um, we know everybody has their off days, especially mm-hmm. if it's someone that you've seen often. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're like, okay, that, that was an off day, or perhaps um, the material wasn't a quite it wasn't quite a right fit. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. that can happen as well. Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay, so I guess what I would need to hear as talent is that I don't have these huge hurdles to jump over. Is you're not my enemy. Never. A
1: casting director is never your enemy. I, I, their intention always is, I have my producers here, I have my directors here. And depending on what level of audition you're hosting, mm-hmm. I only want the people in front of me to do well. I only wish them well, and I only want to present choices that, that make sense. Mm-hmm. Or maybe something that's a little outside of the box to think differently about a role. Mm-hmm. But you only bring in the people who you think will do well. Can people disappoint you? I think people can disappoint in the sense of um, perhaps if they don't come as prepared as you're used to them coming, mm-hmm. and, but that happens because we're humans. Mm-hmm. But I think if you keep that mantra in your mind that cast and directors are your champion, mm-hmm. that'll just set you up correct every time you walk into a room. Yeah. You should always think that.
0: Put you in a positive space?
1: Always. You always know that you have someone in your corner in that
0: room. Okay. Cool. Very good. Tip number two. Go. Make the connection. Believe it or not, at a certain point in your career, you may find yourself contemplating whether or not you should attend an audition you've been called in for. Perhaps it's a similar role you've played a few times before and you feel it won't further your career. Please consider who will be in the audition. Have you met with a specific set of creatives before? The casting director, executive producer, or director? If not, it may be worth going. Give it your all and make those connections. All right, so there are a lot of things to unpack in here. I think that you and I might take for granted, but for the sake of our audience, I would like to. We're assuming in this that uh, this is someone who who has been in the industry for a while and gone to several auditions uh, for television or film. And this this may be somebody they've met before. So let's talk in terms of that person.
1: Well, there's a obviously, there's a point in your career when you're just starting out and you're happy to go and do every audition you possibly can. Yes. Which is great. And you're really excited. And then there becomes a point where you're going to the auditions and then you actually book things. And again, it's very exciting. Yes. And you're like, yes, I'm booking things. And then there's a point where You keep booking, perhaps, this may happen, it doesn't happen to everyone, where you keep booking the same type of things. Yeah. And you think, I've trained for this, Uh, I have more to offer than this, more than just, here's your menu, sir. I know I have more to offer than that, than just that line, and I know I look really good saying it, but I know I have more to offer than this. I'm tired of this type of role, or Mm -hmm. this level of role, or being cast as this type of person
0: right right so
1: at some point you actually get to that role believe I'm honestly you Mm -hmm. do that you get to that point in your career which is actually a really great place to be Mm -hmm. okay um and I remind I can't tell you how many times I had conversations with actors about this at this point in their careers Mm -hmm. where where they've they've done a lot of co-star roles um And they want something more, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to keep going for that same type of thing. Or they've been, like, shifty guy number two (laughs) a million times, and they don't want to keep doing that. And they say, my agent called me, and I have this appointment. Should I even go? And I say to them, have you worked on this show before? No. (laughs) Have you worked with this casting director before? I think I've been in their office one time, but that was two years ago. Okay, okay. Have you worked with this executive producer before? Have you worked with this director before? And if the answer is no Mm -hmm. to any one of those, Mm -hmm. are you already booked? Are you doing something? Do you have a conflict? (laughs) Uh No. If it's no to any one of those, (laughs) then you should go for a multitude of reasons. Uh In our business, Mm -hmm. making connections is imperative. Yes. And I say making connections because the more the people see you in the room, any one of those people, the more they see you come in and audition, the more they have a sense of who you are as a person and the more that they feel like they know what you will give when mm-hmm. you're on screen. Mm-hmm. And the more they get to see you grow, the more times that you audition for them. And mm-hmm. if you've never met that executive producer before, if you've never met that casting director before, if you've never met that director, if you've never been on that lot, it is an opportunity to then forge and make that connection Okay. And it seems like the world is large, but it is very small. Mm. The industry is very Mm -hmm. small. Indeed. And we're all interconnected. And it is always worth building a connection with someone. So you should always go and you should always do that. Another reason you should go Mm -hmm. is if you haven't auditioned in a week or two weeks, guess what? What? You need to go. You know why? (laughs) Uh There's a difference between auditioning and there's a difference between shooting the role. There are two different skill sets. Yes. Okay? Yes. So it's not like you're uh, an Olympic uh, figure skater and you're like, oh my God, the Olympics are in a week. I guess I should start skating. Got to hit the ice. (laughs) No. Those people are training constantly for Uh years, Mm -hmm. daily, for several Mm -hmm. hours of their life. For that four-week period Mm -hmm. to shine, to do their thing. As an actor, as a performer, you should always be training. Mm. And part of that is by going and doing the thing. Mm. So, yes, go. Do the thing. Okay. Also,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you never know where that tiny co-star role will lead you. What do you mean? Well, this is getting into another point, but each role is an opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. So you may think, okay, I'm going in for this, this, uh, this smaller co-star role, and it's a one-off. It means it's not recurring. It, there are no plans for that particular character to ever appear again mm-hmm. in any storyline throughout the season. Uh-huh. However, if you do well... If the writers' room and the producers they changed their mind about where the story is going, ah. and they thought, you know what, um, Susan was really awesome in that co-star role, right. and she was just, you know, such a funny waiter. I'd like to bring her back because right. this is where, you know, our character Aubrey, our serious regular character Aubrey, always goes for coffee, and mm-hmm. Susan should maybe Susan could become her confidant, where she touches base with her. Oh yeah, I've heard and things so. about that in interviews. Yes. Yeah, and so then suddenly. This, this smaller role of Susan
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, becomes this thing that uh, that the public looks forward to seeing. Like, oh, yeah, Susan's in this episode again. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it, those things happen all the time, and, and you don't know when they're going to happen. Yeah. You, you can't say, yeah, this role has the potential for that, because you really don't know. Because right. there are so many things that go into writing a show. hmm there's so many things we aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. financial things, uh, th- wishes of what the writers wish, what the studio wishes, what the network wishes for the direction of the show, um, what happens with the actual people who are working on the show that affect the direction of the show. Mm. But probably even more things than I even know myself. Mm-hmm. So um, and so you never know. You can't read um, the character description and the sides and go, oh yeah, this is going nowhere. So mm. always consider mm-hmm. each each audition an opportunity Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you're making a connection with people you haven't made a connection with before and perhaps this role leads to something else
0: okay very good very good advice thank you tip number three don't knock small roles sometimes a two-line co-star could lead to something much larger i.e. recurring guest star either in the current production or a future production with the current showrunners So we've just talked about that. Um, I don't think it can be said enough because we do size things up on paper and decide, eh, I don't like it. Uh, you, in between takes, we were just having a conversation about, yeah, I didn't like it, didn't want to audition for it. Um, but talk some more about if it doesn't seem to be something you want, how it can blossom into something you want well
1: uh, one particular I have a memory of one particular um up and coming actress who she it's it's not as if she did not want to go to the audition she did she did want to go Mm -hmm. but what she found happening to her surprise is that example that I gave earlier they Mm -hmm. really liked her performance Mm -hmm. and so they wrote her role to come back Mm -hmm.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, multiple times for the rest of the life of the show
0: yeah and was it a was it a primetime
1: network show? It, it was a primetime network show oh, and wow. a very high profile show and a very high profile um, producing team.
2: Mm. So
1: that that not only gave her more visibility, right, and more things to add to her resume, but it also forged a relationship with those producers,
0: right. Um, I which know is this very may valuable. seem seem fundamental fundamental, but what does visibility mean?
1: Visibility, so. Um, as a network casting executive, um, you come in contact with actors uh, when you are taking general meetings. General meetings are generally set up via uh, an agent or a manager. Or some, and it
0: really is a meeting. It's it not is an a audition. meeting.
1: It, or some other contact. Um, as a, uh, some other contact, and the actor will come in and you will meet them. You will look over their headshot and resume, and you'll talk about the things they've done, what they like to do. Inevitably, you know, you go you, you go is, into the weeds. And
0: So this is you as a network casting director having this conversation with an actor? With an actor, yes. Okay. So it's FaceTime. It's valuable FaceTime. Okay. Why? Because I'm
1: getting to know you as a person. I'm getting a sense of who you are and I, I know i've already said that but that's important mm-hmm. so if you get if you get to know them because if you are getting 500 submissions for a a 200 i mean a two line role mm-hmm. then if you have that connection with someone you're mm-hmm. more likely to bring them in and let me just explain something as a network casting executive you're not doing frontline casting you have a casting... Meaning there's a casting director on every TV show.
0: Right, that's frontline.
1: That is a casting director. They're the ones that are going through the submissions. They're the ones that are talking with agents and setting up the appointments with their casting associates or their casting assistants. They're the ones that are seeing you the first time around. Mm-hmm. After that... Um, if you do well, then you'd have a callback audition in which the producers would be in the room mm-hmm. and, and the producers would see you and the director of that particular episode, mm-hmm. potentially. If they like you, then they have their selects for the roles that they're casting for the episode for that week, mm-hmm. um, that for the week they're working on. They send those selections to a studio casting executive. The studio casting executive looks at the choices for the roles makes a decision whether they're yes or no, whether they feel they're on par with what they had overall discussed I as a see. team. for the role. Mm-hmm. And says yes. From there, um, the next line of approval is to the network casting
0: executive. Oh, so and that's where you were?
1: Yes, I actually worked at both levels. I worked for a company that owned a studio as well as a network. Mm-hmm. So I had the opportunity of working for different networks if I was just the studio executive mm-hmm. or working for... Um, with different studios if I was the network, network. executive. Okay, and it. sometimes I had the privilege of being both oh,
0: okay. on the same
1: show. So we, it's a one-stop shop. So they yeah. would just send it to me and I'd say, yes, it's a studio. Yes, it's a network. Okay. So there's different levels of approval. Mm. So as a network executive, I say all this to let you know that you generally don't have interactions mm-hmm. with talent on a daily basis like that. Sometimes you sit down with name talent. Mm. Like maybe maybe not names your mom knows, but maybe names <laughs> that you know um, mm-hmm. from TV. And you talk about, oh, I'm in town from Australia. What do you want to do? You know, what are your hopes? What are you thinking about? So you would do that in a general meeting. Or maybe there's someone who's just graduated from a, a university program that an agent has just found and they really are like, I really want you to meet my new client. Those are general meetings. So we would come and meet with talent in that capacity.
0: And because a network has several television shows and a lot of work to fill, you have this meeting and you're thinking, if you're having a meeting with me, you're thinking about me in terms of all of the different shows your network has.
1: Exactly. I'm thinking about uh, where does this person fit? I'm also thinking about things that may be in development. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is great. This person has these particular skills or these traits that we need for this up-and-coming thing that if this this show gets greenlit, we can bring this person in and audition them. Mm-hmm. so we're constantly and we as network casting executives and your casting directors are constantly looking at talent and trying to figure out where we can put you because we're excited everybody wants to find that new up and coming mm-hmm. person that new face that, that, that will do well that will thrive so we're constantly in search of that assessing talent keeping you you know, in our minds mm-hmm.
0: for the next thing tip number four Always be prepared, especially during pilot season. And if you live in New York or L.A., you should have a bag of tricks or a Mary Poppins bag that contains everything you might need for an audition from the basics, like headshots, staplers, highlighters, makeup, change of clothes, which provide you with an opportunity to create a different look, toothbrush, hairbrush, etc., You may find yourself getting same day appointments and you must have all the tools necessary to do your best. You know, as moms, this sounds like a diaper bag. (laughs) <laughs> it does
1: it does it's like how many times is this child going to spit up on me so how many change of shirts do i need versus the child or a
0: little box in the back of the trunk where we're all change of clothes and snacks and yes <laughs> and
1: i guess your your mary poppins bag um what you have in it depends on whether you live um in a city where you're going to be commuting via public right, transportation right. everything's or downtown and you live
0: in a burg yes
1: yeah, so that, it totally depends on what you have to physically carry in your bag. Mm-hmm. And probably if you live in an environment where, you're, like Chicago or New York, you're going to have to think more creatively about what you put in your bag and how mm-hmm. you carry all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you that when I was beginning, when I was a casting coordinator and I was first starting out before there were a lot of electronic submissions or at the beginning of that, mm-hmm. how many times people would come with their headshot and resume... And I would be the one checking talent in. Mm-hmm. And they come with their headshot and resume. And they'd say, um, do you have a stapler? <laughs> As if, I know I should have come prepared with my yeah, headshot yeah. and resume already stapled. And that was back in the day where people would cut them out to size yes. them up with the picture perfectly. Yeah. Or they'd say, forget it. I'm just going to staple still do this. Do that. Yeah. Some, some <laughs> of you still do that, which is great. And, and you should. Uh-huh. But if in the event you don't have your scissors either... Then you staple. Mm -hmm. So I just remember, you know, when you audition 45 people in one day and, uh, you know, a third of them ask you for a stapler, Mm -hmm. it becomes, really? Really? (laughs) You (laughs) had a big old bag on your shoulder. You don't have a stapler in there? You should. Uh, And just the idea that um, if you live in New York and L.A., you do have the potential for having same-day appointments. Mm -hmm. And in L.A., it's not funny because Mm -hmm. L.A. is big. Mm -hmm. It's sprawly. And, and traffic traffic <laughs> is not your friend. So you're going to be zigzagging across the city and you don't have time to go home to grab mm-hmm. the thing that you forgot. Mm-hmm. So once um, pilot season rolls around or once shows are back in production and you know mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of auditionings happening, auditions happening, You need to take that initiative to pack your bag. What should be in your bag? Well, that's a good question.
0: And what should the outfit be? Because if you're in L.A., you can have a rack of clothes in the back and a nice little cosmetic thing and these kind of boxes or whatever. But if you're in New York and you have to change look, you have to consider what you're wearing. You
1: do have to consider what you're wearing. And for the most part, probably in L.A., too, You you probably, even though you could have the option of having these things, Mm -hmm. most people probably don't. Mm -hmm. So when you go out for the day, I think you should pick a really good basic outfit mm-hmm. that could be transformed or altered by a very simple thing, Scarf. like like an accessory. Yeah. Uh, like a sweater or a blazer mm-hmm. or you changed your shoes. I think most importantly though as far as what you wear to your audition, it should not be about what's on you. Mm-hmm. You <laughs> always should be the most important thing in the room. Mm-hmm. You. Mm-hmm. You alone. Not the fact that um, your blouse is cut super low or I'm blinded by the color of your shirt or you actually chose to rollerblade from Santa Monica to Burbank and you have are having difficulties with your personal body odor. So you, not the things on you or the things emanating from you. Should be the most important thing in the room. Again, I know you love your perfumes. <laughs> I don't need to love it. Okay? So those are some really audition basics. Yeah. But so again, so to combat those things, have those types of things in your bag. If it's like body wipes that you need, mm-hmm. you may need Kleenex, you might need obviously makeup to touch up, mm-hmm. um, or just to powder off guys, like <laughs> these things. So add those things. And also you should be wearing things into the room that make you feel good if you mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. So think about today when I got dressed today to do this podcast, I thought, what's going to make me feel the most comfortable? Mm -hmm. Um, So while I'm sitting there, I'm not thinking, I hate this shirt. It always rides up. Or Mm -hmm. is my zipper sliding down? Like you don't need to be thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. need to think, I feel awesome in my clothes. I'm a rock star. I'm going to go in there and do my thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, So think about that when you get dressed. But yeah, just having those things that change your look. Or, for example, um, it's okay if suddenly you're at an audition, and this is such a lovely thing. If you go into a casting office Mm -hmm. that's large, so Mm -hmm. meaning they may have two or three casting directors, not Mm -hmm. a casting director with different associates, but casting directors within Mm -hmm. this, they might be working on multiple projects at one time. Mm -hmm. And what a lovely, happy not accident, but happy circumstance, when you come in to audition for one show, you've prepared for it, Mm -hmm. and they say, oh my gosh, you know what, we're also doing this. This just came through. Can you stay? Yeah, It's actually okay if you have the same lovely t-shirt on in both Uh auditions. It's not like well, Margie, the first role was a cop, okay? <laughs> and now Bethany is a secretary, so I have to have something different on, completely different. That's not true. So if you have that little sweater in your bag, take it mm-hmm. out and put it on. Yeah. Or rock the same t-shirt. Right. Or change, put your hair up. Take your hair down. Yeah. And change your earrings. But And again, your earrings should not be the thing that I notice in but the frame as I'm watching you audition. It should be you.
0: Okay. Tip number five make a choice when prepping for an audition review the sides and any other provided materials which gives you a sense of the character and story you may make the wrong choice it happens but at least you made one despite the wrong choice if you have done well the casting director will probably redirect you i think this is something you're ready to talk about it is. I, I, I remember
1: distinctly there was one particular situation where someone came in. And, you know, when you come into the room, you have your niceties, you say hello, you mm-hmm. introduce yourself. And the, the, the casting director or casting associate will always ask you or producer, whoever you're in the room with, they'll generally ask you, do you have any questions? So this is actually the time to ask questions about the role or how it should be read or how it should be interpreted. It's not necessarily time to say, and when will you call me and tell me that I've gotten the role? (laughs) That's that's not really what they're asking you. Yeah, they're talking about the art form. They're talking about the art form. (laughs) They're talking about, is there anything we can give you or provide you information-wise to
0: help you make an informed choice about what you're going to present to us in 30 seconds? And so maybe it's a good idea when you get the callback material or the sides for the initial audition if you have questions, write them down while you're working on it. Absolutely. And
1: if there's someone you work with, um, who you work, you know, generally you have those scene partners or those roommates or those friends that, like you owe me. <laughs> you have to read with me um, that you'll rehearse with. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can ask their interpretation or you can ask your agent or manager's interpretation. But and you can prepare for that. You can make the choice. But this is kind of like your last moment to say to ask those questions that might inform you on how it's supposed to go. And sometimes you think, I don't have any because it feels very clear to me, Mm -hmm. which is fine. Uh, So one particular circumstance, I I honestly can't remember if this individual asked a question or didn't ask a question. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no judgment either way. Mm -hmm. Um, They read the scene with the reader Mm -hmm. and they made solid choices.
0: What is a solid
1: choice? A solid choice means... You look at it, you look at the scene. If it's uh, if you're reading two lines, you make a choice still of how you read it. But if you're mm-hmm. reading a, a scene, like a page and a half, multiple pages, mm-hmm. there's going to be obviously beats and arcs to that mm-hmm. scene. Hopefully, hopefully, the sides are cut
2: mm-hmm. in that
1: way so that we can see uh, levels or at least the way you're going to handle the arc of this scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's why... People take time to go through and cut sides together, and sometimes they won't make sense. But it's because we want to see you deliver um, at different levels, mm-hmm. as far as performance-wise. Or
0: um, do you treat all three sides, all three scenes from different places, as one scene? Sometimes they can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're,
1: you know, and they'll say, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue recording." But, um, you know, and there's an understanding of that. Well, I don't understand in this first set, we're here. Yes, you're, you're here in the second set, you're over here. Mm-hmm. But it, it's carrying that story arc. Mm-hmm. through. The, obviously, mm-hmm. there's things mm-hmm. happening in between it in the show. Mm-hmm. But this is Michael's role, for example. Okay. Um, so this particular individual read, he, made, he or she made solid choices,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, meaning choices that made sense for how they felt the character was behaving in the story and acting. The only problem with the choices that were made is the counterpart in which the person was reading with was not a love interest, and that was a choice he had made. It was actually a sibling. Ooh! Now, that completely... (laughs) That completely changes the way you would read that. Yes. Now, how can you combat those types of situations? Well, Redo it. You you can be redirected, but when you, you have to do your homework. Okay. So, but if it's a situation where you don't know yeah. that. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. then, then you're going to be redirected. And if you did a good job, then the casting director or whoever's in the room is going to take that time
0: to, say,
1: to, to, to redirect you and that's say, your that, that was really, and I remember <laughs> in that, in that moment, it's like, you know what? That was a really nice read, but there's a really key piece of information you need to know. That's your sister not your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like oh uh, my god it, it does change things because that's not the yeah. kind of story we have here <laughs> that's not the story we're telling no, that's not the story we're telling and so we're like we'll give you a moment to think about that to rethink the beats of the scene and go again but they did well and mm-hmm. what they thought the choice was yeah. that we wanted to see well with this key piece of information mm-hmm. not that it was a secret but mm-hmm. with this piece yeah. of information and in this redirect right. how will you handle this? this right. the scene now <laughs> so if, if you did not do very well, then they may not take the time to redirect you depending mm-hmm. on their day or if they're behind or, um, or, or they may anyway just to mm-hmm. see. Um, uh, but I would always take advantage of the materials that are out there for audition prep. And I know this is a, a little bit off of what we were talking about, but you're given the sides, you're given a write-up, the breakdown generally – about what the role is, a brief description of the show. If it's a current series and not a pilot, which means it's already on air, it's Mm -hmm. accessible to you, you utilize your streaming services, utilize your network television, Mm -hmm. utilize cable, whatever your source is, your best best friend Larry, who has HBO and you Mm -hmm. don't, go over and look at it or get the password and stream the show that you're about to audition for. Mm -hmm. Um, Check it out. Mm -hmm. It's it's important. Mm -hmm. Also, it may help you understand... Uh, the rhyme and meter of the show, how Mm -hmm. people generally speak, Mm -hmm. the flow of the show, how they interact,
0: the Mm -hmm. wit of the show. Um, Rhyme and meter, what was it? Uh, Scandal. That definitely had a tempo. Yes. It was fast, and everybody talked a a mile a minute.
1: a really prime classic example of that is also Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. That was... They spoke in a a rapid-fire way. Also, mostly Aaron Sorkin's work... His work is like that as well, where yeah. people speak in a certain way yeah. when they're performing his work. Yeah. So that's something you need to know. Yeah. 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 And practice? And practice. Mm-hmm. Especially if it doesn't come natural to you. Right. Right. If if you may speak if your natural speaking cadence comes differently. Slow like mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I speak faster. Yes. But those are things that also are really beautiful things about acting that mm-hmm. just changing the way that you speak. Mm-hmm. Can change the character that you're right that you're giving yeah so and i'm not talking about accents i'm
0: just talking about
2: Mm -hmm.
0: the rhythm and cadence of how you speak right tip number six today's audition may be a future project the audition you have today is often more than an audition for the current project but for something in the future casting directors like to track talent and file them away for a project that may be better suited for that actor's talents.
1: I don't believe auditions are really about the role that you really? come in. Yeah, I would, I would say a lot uh, to talent. This audition is probably not about this role. It's probably about the next role. Meaning you're going to go in today, you're going to Do your thing. You're going to be great. They're going to see you. And for some reason, you're not the choice of that day. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: we love talent. And we're going to hold on to you. And we are going to try and find that place that really fits you where you shine. I mean, ultimately, that's what we love to do. That's Mm -hmm. what we want to do. You know, it goes back to when we were talking about casting directors being champions Mm -hmm. of talent. Mm -hmm. That is our objective, Mm -hmm. is to place you somewhere they may actually see you and jot your name down for a completely separate thing while they're yeah. watching you. And this right. bring in for this as a note yeah. to remind themselves, um, you know, Oh yeah, I forgot. He's really great at mm-hmm. this. So I need to bring mm-hmm. him for this role, this role or this show that hasn't started yet, but mm-hmm. I know I'm starting this project and we have these roles. Before we were talking about general meetings. Mm-hmm. If you have, if you ever have an opportunity to sit down with a studio executive or network executive, which, by the way, most... It sounds uh, hard. It, it is um, definitely, I would say, an exclusive or special yeah. opportunity. Yeah. If at a certain point in your career, it's it is not as challenging to do. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I would say it's more challenging. However... Um studio and network casting executives do make an initiative to go out to see things. That is part again you guys, we love talent, we're looking for it. Mm-hmm. That's part of our job. We're going to go to comedy clubs. We're going to go to shows. Mm-hmm. We're going to go um to university and college showcases of their graduate MFA and BFA programs annually. Mm-hmm. We go and we look, who are those rising stars? Who are mm-hmm. those people? And if we liked your performance, guess what? You just have a general meeting. We've just we're calling you in while you're in town. And then what we'll do is we'll track you. Well, mm. how's Rachel doing? Oh, great. She's still Oh, well, she chose to stay in New York. That's fine. We'll deal. We'll reach out to our new New York counterparts, make mm-hmm. sure they meet with Rachel as well cuz that's where she's going to be. Oh, okay. So that's the way we keep track of you. I know some people this is not the point we're talking about, but some people are like, "Well, when should I email a person that I had a meeting with, or when should I send them a postcard? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, (laughs) You should probably not reach out to send an email or a postcard if you have nothing to say. (laughs) Um, Now, as individuals, we all have something to say. We think we have something to say. all the time about the weather, (laughs) about politics, about the color of the newest OPI nail polish. (laughs) We have something to say. Uh, But what I mean is... If you are in a new production of something, if you are doing something, if you just book something, if something you've done is about to air, Mm -hmm. if you've just written something and now it's being produced Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or it's going to air, that that is newsworthy. That's worth reaching out. And connecting that connection because then I'm going to say, oh, I remember Rachel and this is what she's doing now. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Or she's chosen to do this or she decided to go to an MFA program. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see her in her MFA showcase. I saw her Mm -hmm. in her BFA showcase. All right. So we are constantly thinking and tracking and, and filing away actors for that next appropriate thing. And again, if I see someone at a showcase or in a general meeting and I like them, the next thing I'm going to do Depending on their skill level, mm-hmm. uh, I may say, This person needs to meet with my casting directors of the following shows. Okay. And now, once my casting directors have met you, then they'll start calling you in for things. Okay. They'll take that general meeting with you also, but then they'll also start calling you in. Or, Can you see this person for this role coming up? We mm-hmm. just met, and they will see them. So now that connection, that door has been opened to that particular show or that particular casting director. And generally, casting directors have more than one show. So when you're auditioning for them, you're auditioning, again, getting back to the point for more than one opportunity. So sometimes you're so amazing or so unique (laughs) that what you're best for or right for hasn't even been created. Ooh. Just be patient okay i've seen some wonderful wonderful actors who i've had the privilege of working with at the beginning of their careers who i've watched receive oscars Mm. and emmys Mm -hmm. and it's i know people say it's about timing but it is about timing Mm -hmm. so be patient and keep doing the work
0: tip number seven auditioning is a skill Every audition is an opportunity to hone auditioning skills. The more you audition, the more comfortable you may find the process making connections and building bridges. Again, casting directors champion actors. So auditions are like a separate beast (laughs) from actually working
1: in the role Amen. for being on set yes. now some people feel that they are stronger at one or the other mm-hmm. some people feel they're great at both mm-hmm. but some people feel like <laughs> eh, I'm better on set, <laughs> than I am at the audition now for me personally I think I'd be a better auditioner even mm-hmm. though it's nerve wracking because on set I'd be thinking I know how much money this is costing per minute <laughs> what if I mess up or <laughs> yes you know
0: or the fact that it's taking so long right I think you'd go Ugh. well I don't know I'd also be nervous I'd be like
1: oh my gosh you know is Sandra all gonna kill me if I keep flubbing this line or oh, whoever yeah, you know what yeah. I mean I'd be nervous about that as yeah. well like making sure that I was professional enough on 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 set and uh-huh. and bringing the same level of talent and professionalism to the right. table as everyone else mm-hmm. um but anyway, luckily for everyone, I am not an actor. <laughs> um, but I, I had an interesting privilege of watching um, people audition in many different forms,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in many different roles. Myself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but before I talk about that, so please remind me of that, Anita. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are different types of auditions for television. All right, and that's important to know. Mm-hmm. So we kind of touched on it before. So there's going to be the first audition, and this, and the process is different if you're auditioning for a TV show that is already on air oh, than yeah. for a pilot, which is the very first episode of a brand new idea, a brand new show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so if you are, uh, the process is more arduous and faster for a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, then for an ongoing show, it's generally easier. There are less roles to cast mm-hmm. per week. Mm-hmm. So the first step always happens generally with a submission or some type of referral. You go see the casting director. You may audition for the casting associate or the casting director. After that, you're going to see a producer callback. You might, there might be two callback sessions, uh, depending after that, there is a studio test. So the studio test is saying we have three roles. Um, they are um mark john and luke okay Okay. (laughs) three roles john mark john and luke so the directors producers executive producers the casting directors they've all decided these are the three people we like for each role okay so nine people yep nine people come in for these three roles three and three three and three so they come in audition, and the studio is in a big room. And no, this is not intimidating at all. I lie. It is. So you go, you're there, and obviously you're clocking everybody because yeah. you're like, oh, is he more of a Luke or is he more of a Paul? Like, what are they going for? <laughs> Which what are they disciple they doing? is he? <laughs> and my favorite auditions is when you cannot tell who's for what oh, role. Because wow. if they're similar in age yeah. or similar in style, like yeah. if these three are like Ethnicity. best friends, mm-hmm. then. And if they're all different ethnicities, mm-hmm. uh, that's my favorite. It's yeah. when it's a, you know, I had an experience where I was having a job interview in Chicago mm-hmm. for a casting agency. Like I knew I loved casting. I just wanted to get as much experience as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get in the lobby, and I had to go before. Um, before I went to go teach, I was going to teach on the south side of uh, Chicago mm-hmm. for this media arts nonprofit that I worked for. And my teaching partner and I went... My teaching partner is um, Southeast Asian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then there's me. (laughs) And we go to this audition and we're sitting there. So there's me and I'm pale and I have blonde hair and blue eyes. And then there's my friend with her dark skin and her dark Mm -hmm. hair and her dark eyes. And then three Caucasian girls with brown hair and brown eyes. So when the woman comes in to look for Karen for the interview, she immediately switches to the other side of the room where my co-teacher and I are sitting because mm-hmm. we're the only two who don't look like the other women in the room. <laughs> right. So she knows we're not auditioning. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember saying later, like, how did she know it was you or me? And she's Duh. like, please. <laughs> so again, I go back to say... It's very exciting for me when you go and you, and you look at you look at the waiting room mm-hmm. and you can't tell mm-hmm. who's for what role mm-hmm. or with you know the three choices for the one role of John are all they all look different. That's really exciting. Yeah, that's new. Yeah, for and me, that's new. Yeah, well, in my career, it was definitely on the rise, and that mm-hmm. was part of my job was working on um, diversifying the entertainment industry, diversifying TV. Mm-hmm. It's a whole separate angle of my mm-hmm. job that mm-hmm. I had to do. So. Um, So you go to that studio level. So again, there's the initial audition, there's the callback, which Mm -hmm. there may be multiple callbacks for Mm -hmm. the director or producer. Then there's the studio test. So those top three choices or top two choices come in for each role. From there, the studio, and the studio is composed of the creative executives that have worked with the executive producer writers who've created the story. Mm -hmm. So they've creatively worked with them. My job is to creatively as a, studio casting executive is to creatively make sure we're fulfilling the roles okay. as discussed as planned now yeah. things change as we already talked oh, about yeah. so we're all in there together as well as the head of the studio and the head of both departments of comedy or drama um, mm-hmm. development and casting executive the, the head of casting is there as well so we're all there and then the casting director is there the casting assistant might be there as well and they're generally reading with the actor during this. Mm-hmm. Now, also, um, in modern times, we do screen tests. So sometimes the studio level is where you shoot the screen test, mm-hmm. and you'll still read against mm-hmm. your cast and director. From there, if it's live, you read, and then you wait in the lobby. Okay? Okay. <laughs> and then everyone else goes and reads through, and then you all get released to go mm-hmm. home. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> If it's a screen test, it's the, the only people in the room are the casting executive, the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the producers, directors, casting the casting director mm-hmm. there to give you input and give you notes and redirect you, and you're going to take as many takes as it takes um, okay. to do that. Yeah, and tape that screen test. Mm-hmm. Once the screen test is done, then it's shown to those studio executives that would have been there in the live. Okay. In the live test, right. so they watch it, they decide. Um, And from there, they decide who moves on
2: Mm -hmm.
1: to the network test. At the network level, uh, it could be a live test or it could be viewing the screen. The screen test. Um, I always love live tests in general because you learn a lot about human psychology. You know, we were talking about yeah, the Mary Poppins bag and being prepared. Mm -hmm. But actors, shockingly, so you all prepare differently. You all audition differently. Well, yeah, right. So we're talking (laughs) about auditioning is a skill. So you have to pump yourself up. You have to put yourself in whatever place. Like, it's interesting. There are certain guys who like to flirt before their auditions. They don't even look at their sides. They just want to chat you up. Yeah. You may have a job to do, but they just want to chat you up. Yeah. Or there are certain people who like to look at the competition and say, Oh, I, I, I. Oh, what have you been called in on recently? And they want to chat up their competition. Yeah, they want to scope out their competition. And then there are the actors that you literally, you know they checked in and you can't find them. <laughs> and they are behind a potted plant. No joke. <laughs> they are around the corner and suddenly security is telling you that you have an actor wandering around the building. <laughs> because they need to be away from people. Isolated, yeah. They need to be isolated. They need to be in their zone. And that's how they do that. Uh-huh. Um, And then there are the actors who have the headphones on who are Mm bebopping. And then there are the pacers. So it's really interesting. I always thought, like, wow, you could write. It's like a psychological (laughs) experiment. When people are waiting to go to a studio or network test when they're waiting. And that level of an audition. Attach their (laughs) Myers-Briggs labels on them. So, I mean, have I gone into a restroom to pull someone out? Yes, I have. Oh uh, wow! Because you know they've disappeared and it's their time. Um, so those were really great times as a casting coordinator running those. Because mm-hmm. as a casting coordinator at a networker studio, it's my job to make sure the audition runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. In which you know at the head of a, at the network audition, the head of the network is in that. So yeah, it's like a lot of pressure for everyone involved, including yeah. including the talent who's auditioning. Right. and it's intimidating to walk into a room of people who are, who look at you and are like, okay. Show me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think um, that's why actors actually prefer, I think, screen tests mm-hmm. sometimes. And also mm-hmm. that's why uh, casting executives prefer screen tests because it's yeah. a controlled environment in which to record. I mean, ultimately, they're going to be recorded. They're, yeah. It's not, it's, well, there are live TV shows now, yeah. um, but most of it is it's still recorded. going.
0: It's still going to a television. It is.
1: It's still feeding mm-hmm. through that instead yeah. of in front of you. Mm-hmm. So, um it's just a process that many people have moved on to use and mm-hmm. that works really well. So those are the levels of auditions that you would have to do.
0: And you have to be ready for that. You have to know what they are because I'm sitting here listening to you and it's like, oh, there are some of these levels I'm not qu- quite familiar with. But um, And you have to be ready. And sometimes and- there's even more than that.
1: Sometimes you get to, you, you've read and the network says, I like this person but I don't know what they're going to be like with our lead the lead may be a name so we're taking a chance on someone who may not have as much name value so Mm -hmm. how do we know that then you do a thing called a chemistry read oh so and that is where you read directly across from the person that you will be cast with Mm -hmm. so they may have already one role cast that lead role and you're going to be the other lead across from that and they and then you can see you can actually see live in the moment how do those people gel? How are they yeah. going to work? Is yeah. there anything there between right. them? Right. especially if they're love interests or maybe they're maybe they're cops and it's a comedic show and they have mm-hmm. to have that timing together and also if you're taping that chemistry read, you could just see what their process is working together what's that like? Yeah um, so those are all things. Um, that you're clocking and if you're casting children an audition <laughs> is an opportunity to audition a parent yes <laughs> yes and to see how the parent functions in the sign up process signing their kid their check in process and are they waiting patiently do they mm-hmm. actually stay outside the room and you've asked them to stay out the room mm-hmm. outside the room so um auditions are interesting. I love auditions. I could sit in auditions all day. I, I have had auditions where, uh, I, we've auditioned like 40 something people in a day. That is a very long day mm-hmm, of 50 mm-hmm. something people. It's exhausting, but I love it mm-hmm. because I like meeting people. And every time it's mm-hmm. like, Ooh, someone knew I didn't, <laughs> someone who I didn't know, or someone, someone I just saw showed me something different. Recently, I've been talking, I was talking to a friend who's an actress who, um, people would know, And she went and auditioned for a role that, I don't know if it's a role she would normally be called in for, but she did something so significant in this audition that the casting director actually said, and they knew, they knew her already. It wasn't a case of getting, making a new contact, Mm -hmm. but just, you just showed me a completely different side of yourself that I've never seen before. Oh. Did she get the role? No. But really? it did not matter okay because she just showed something there was something about the material and the choices that she made and the way that she delivered it mm-hmm. that showed a completely different side oh, which wow. then opened up a door in that casting director's mind as far as opportunities for this performer
0: mm-hmm. now they
1: can do xy and z more
0: mm-hmm. okay so Pretty auditioning cool. is a
1: skill. So again, remember, go to those auditions that you think, ah, I don't know. Yeah. Keep exercising those muscles. Right. Because also you're going to be in those situations where, like you said, you're walking down the hall and they were like, oh. <laughs> so most of the time in TV, yeah. it's prepared audition. It's not right. necessarily a cold read. But yeah. be prepared to do a cold read. Right. Because right. they may say, oh, we called you in for Jill, but re- really you're better for exactly. Jackie. Yes. And that so happens we're going to give you Jackie sides. We're going to bring you back in in ten minutes.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: So, if, if and you the more like, you
0: do it, the more the muscle develops. So, yeah. Right. And you don't get a sense of it while you're doing it, but it really does develop. Sometimes people also, this is, this is something that
1: people may have a different impression of or a different feeling of. And when I say people, I mean a casting director may feel differently than a writer, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. an executive oh, producer. Yeah. As far as I read the sides, but I changed this word, or I felt it make more sense if I said this instead of this. Oh. Okay, no. Don't get creative. <laughs> yeah. No. Read it like this. And again, if you don't understand that, mm-hmm. no one's gonna say, wow, they're not very smart. They didn't understand how this was written. Mm-hmm. Take that opportunity in the beginning before you start reading to ask the question. So when they say this, is this is what I believe it to mean? Or how mm-hmm. how does this phrasing go? Or mm-hmm. it's a good time to say, I don't know this medical technical term. How do you mm-hmm. how do we say this? Yeah. So Yeah. But changing words, especially if writers in the room, they don't like that.
0: Tip number eight. Self-taped auditions should feature just you. The most interesting thing about a self-taped audition should be you and your performance. Nothing should pull focus from you. Remember, your taped audition is one of many and must catch a casting director's attention in a positive way from the very beginning. This means you must pay attention to the logistics, having a proper environment, a good reader, good sound, and good picture quality.
1: Those are all very true points that are essential to a good uh, taped audition. Mm -hmm. So, back in the day, (laughs) way back in the day. What day? (laughs) Oh my goodness, at least 10 years ago or more. networks and studios would hire, studios would hire casting directors in different parts of the world during pilot season to Mm -hmm. audition talent. Okay. So obviously the only way that those talent would Mm -hmm. get an opportunity to be seen was to be put on tape. It was a process. So the tape would have to be FedExed
0: Oh, yeah. And then it would
1: have to be transferred from PAL to NTSC. Mm-hmm. And then once it was transferred, then in real time, because we're talking pre-digital, mm-hmm. those tapes would have to be duplicated and copied so that it could be sent out to the all the producers that needed it, all the casting directors that needed wow. And then the resumes and headshots would also have to be copied. Mm-hmm. And they don't have traditional 8.5 by 11 paper, like mm-hmm. say in, in the UK. So then you'd have to change the way it copies... Mm -hmm. it was a lot. So I spent a lot of time doing a lot of that during pilot season. And so by the time you would get that performer's tape, it was actually two days after, you know, two days later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And time is always of the essence during pilot season. Mm -hmm. Everything needed, always needed to be yesterday or last week. Always. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's just how it is, especially in pilot season, which is a heavily um, competitive time in the world of television, at least in traditional network, pilot season the way that flows yes it's different for streaming um networks and for cable they have different cycles Mm -hmm. or more and not specified times of the year Mm -hmm. but more continuous like ongoing cycle of production and development um now with the advent of digital technology someone can take a recording of themselves and immediately upload it mm-hmm. onto sometimes websites that are specifically designed yeah. for casting yeah. or the network may have their own right their own platform for that mm-hmm. and send it to and then can be watched hopefully on the same day that you sent it. Yes. Sometimes it's you would record something and you send it to your manager mm-hmm. or agent and then it's sent on to the casting director and then from there the casting director uploads it onto that platform right. and the Casting executive would look at it then. So, technology has changed, but the point is uh, more and more things get watched on tape. Mm -hmm. It's always to your advantage to be in the room.
0: Yes. Yeah. So, if you can
1: be present for an audition, you know, please do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you can't and you're going to do it on tape, you're in New York and of course someone in LA needs you, or you're in LA and someone in New York needs you, of Mm -hmm. course, right? Um, Then go and Put yourself on tape. Now, this is where karma comes into play because hopefully you have some great friends who are also oh, actors okay. who yes. are going to put you on tape right? Um, or who are at least going to read with you and practice mm-hmm. with you. You may go into your agency and your agent actually puts you on tape and, mm-hmm. and does the uploading and whatnot, which is great. But say you're somewhere... On vacation and something comes up and you really do want to put your hat in the ring for it, Mm -hmm. then you need to enlist someone who hopefully can hit record and stop (laughs) at the appropriate times, not after you've finished and just get your feet. So you want to think about the lighting in the room. You want to think about the audio in the room. Besides whether or not we can hear your voice correctly, whether we can see you correctly, what other things can we hear or see? Mm -hmm. remember you should be the most important thing in that frame you want to make sure it's not some crazy frame we want to make sure you're not standing in front of a distractive background Mm -hmm. that it looks like a plant's growing out of your head that your five year old cousin is jumping in and out of the background (laughs) Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you set yourself up with success with all the things you need Mm -hmm. to look professional Mm -hmm. like do you have to have a green screen or your own backdrop nope if you happen to have one is that okay absolutely Mm -hmm. use it um, do you have to have, you know, professional grade microphones? No, but if you put yourself on tape and we can't hear you, forget it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you look like. If we can't hear the delivery of the lines, mm-hmm. it's a moot point. Mm-hmm. So you need to think about that. You need to think about the clothes that you're wearing just like you would if you walked into the room,
2: mm-hmm.
1: maybe your zebra print or your chevron stripes <laughs> and rainbow colors isn't going to work or read so well. Mm-hmm. Nothing should be taking away from you delivering those lines. Right. So make sure you take time and don't think, okay, this is going to take 10 minutes because it inevitably takes longer. It does. Because <laughs> it's, it's a different process. You're like, oh wait, and you start and stop mm-hmm. and you redo. Make sure you also make it easy on yourself and actually start and restop so that it's easier to find a mm-hmm. take that you really like. Mm-hmm. And you may say, oh, I took take three of this scene mm-hmm. and take seven of this one. Those are actually my best. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. So self-taping is an art. It's another form of auditioning. Mm -hmm. Um, And hopefully you have the proper tools to do it successfully.
0: As a casting director, can you see what you need to see? In a self-tape? Yeah. You can see what you need to see. If it's done well.
1: Sometimes, depending on the level of audition or or what the process is, Mm -hmm. sometimes they do the self-tape and it, and it's still oh okay great i can bring them in right, for this right 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 and then they'll see them in person or like in 2 days they're going to be in town okay so now I, now i will make sure mm-hmm. i have room for them to bring them in winning i think it's harder when you're say out of the country and you're trying to win a spot mm-hmm. and go directly to a studio test for mm-hmm. self tape that's very hard
0: okay
1: i think that's more challenging
0: mhm
1: but honestly if you if you're excellent you can convey that across the screen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now you do not have the benefit of being redirected by the mm-hmm. people and the creators of the material. Mm-hmm. And so that is true. But if you've made strong choices and good choices, you've made a choice. Cause if you waffle in how you're, and how you decide to play something, mm-hmm. then it's going to look like yeah you don't know what you're doing or it's going to be a bad read yeah but if you've made strong choices and they think oh that's great like I wonder how they take this direction it's worth investing okay let's bring it in
0: tip number nine your headshot should advertise you your headshot should reflect you your spirit and what you have to offer I know you have strong opinions about this, but you're hesitating to get started. I've seen so many headshots and
1: resumes, so many, I mean, anyone who's a casting executive or casting director has seen millions, if not billions, of headshots and resumes Mm -hmm. in their day and age. And whether they've seen them electronically, online, Mm -hmm. or in person, I remember when I first started out, we received over 10,000 submissions for a particular diversity casting project that we were working on. One project? One project, 10,000 submissions. It was my job to sort those submissions. There's a lot of resumes and (laughs) a lot of headshots. Mm -hmm. So you think, well,
0: how can I rise to the top with Mm -hmm. 10,000? Yeah, that would be my thought.
1: Other resumes and headshots floating around. Well. Um, I think part of it is really basic things like having a professional headshot and resume, Mm -hmm. a format of your resume, um, making sure you have a real photographer taking the pictures. So those are really basic elements. A photographer that is a headshot photographer. Correct. So Mm -hmm. you may have a friend who's like an awesome photographer of landscapes or of other things, um, but unless they understand what a headshot needs Mm -hmm. or how to capture you mm-hmm. for a headshot, then it may not be beneficial to have them take your photos. But hey, if it's the only resource you have,
0: yeah. okay, yeah. make it work.
1: Yeah. So just like a self-tape, you don't want anything to di- di- distract or to take away from you in the shot. Mm-hmm. Um, the shot is about you. This is when you can say, it's all about me. Because it is. <laughs> it really is. The mm-hmm. headshot is all about you um, and showing the very best of you. Um I've seen many headshots where it's just a face on a page. And some people have different ways they like to go through headshots, too. This is interesting. Some people like to look at the back. Resumes first. Some people like to look at the image first. So they have different processes. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't want to be influenced by what school they went to or whatever. Or oh, I see. Or they don't yeah. want to be influenced by what someone may look like. They want to mm-hmm. look at their experience first. So people have different theories of, or mm-hmm. schools of thought about how you should peruse through all your submissions. Mm-hmm. Um, I like faces, so yeah, I generally look at faces, and then I flip and look at the back. Um, but I've done it both ways many mm-hmm. times. Um, because an actor's not just a face. No, absolutely, not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely so, not. Yeah. Um. So you want to make sure when you're writing your resume that you're telling the truth.
2: <laughs> this may seem
1: logical, but obvious. It may seem obvious, but sometimes it's not. Especially if you're writing about a show that what you're submitting to that that particular company or person might have produced, mm. so they know if you've done it or not. They know if you've inflated the level of your role
0: oh, on your resume. Yeah.
1: So yeah. my recommendation to you is to always be honest mm-hmm. because it's going to come across someone's desk. We're like, oh, really? <laughs> I didn't realize that he was a guest star. Hmm. Oh, I guess he wasn't. <laughs> so, and no one likes that. Everyone yeah. likes you to genuinely, genuinely present yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and you should do so. Now the picture, it's, it's a hard beast because probably doing those photo shoots are not very fun. And if you're looking at people's proofs, you can see sheet by sheet oh, okay, this must be your very first couple shots. You can see how their body transforms the more comfortable they get mm-hmm. with taking the photos. Mm-hmm. And you can say, oh, okay, this must be toward the end of the session because you look more like yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whatever mm-hmm. that means. Meaning you're more comfortable, you're more relaxed in front of the camera. I don't want to see what you would look like if you were a lawyer or what mm-hmm. you would look like <laughs> if you were a cop or a doctor. Um, I don't want to see that. I want mm-hmm. to see the actual essence of you, who you are, what you present, I want to be able to look at that picture and see in that person's eyes that they are present in that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, how do you convey that? And it's by you being present in that moment right. while you're getting photographed. Right. So how do you do that? I can't answer that for you. It's, it's about how do you...
0: Taking an honest picture, being Take, yourself. Right. Because so how do you con- conjure and... up something
1: to do a role well? That, that's within mm-hmm. you. Yeah, But you need to find whatever it is, you need to find how you turn that on and how mm-hmm. you turn that off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I always am looking for really, I, it's as if in the olden days when they first created pictures, people mm. were afraid, like a part of them was captured <laughs> yeah. in that photo. But that's what I want. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So I'm, I'm meeting you without meeting you.
0: Tip number 10. Not booking the role may not be about you. There are many reasons a person may not get a role, and that long list may have nothing to do with your audition or your skill. For example, the role has changed gender, changed age, or the character downgraded, or no longer exists. Don't jump to the conclusion that you did poorly.
1: First of all, there are so many reasons why you might not have gotten the role. Right. It is not because you're not talented. In general, first of all, it's not your job to wonder why you didn't. It is very human to wonder why you didn't get it.
0: Right. But there
1: are so many variables beyond your control Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to why you may not have gotten a role. And literally, one of them could be you came in today to audition for Mary, who is a woman, and by the end of the day, Mary is now Mark, <laughs> and is a man, <laughs> or okay. Mary is no longer twenty to twenty-five, but fifty to fifty-five.
0: Okay, so pr- work in television is a lot more fluid than the theatrical process.
1: It, it can be, especially during pilot season, mm-hmm. when when they're still when they're honing and crafting the show, right? And sometimes. If we're still working on series regular roles, the series regulars are roles are are the characters that you see uh, in every or almost every episode of a TV show. Mm-hmm. And then there are guest star roles, and then there are co-star roles. And with the guest star roles, there are recurring guest stars and recurring co-stars. So people that you may see um, in a, in a few more more than one episode. Mm-hmm. So that may come back.
0: Karen, earlier you were explaining to us about um, the casting process and the people that you would see and the level of auditions. I would like for you to come back, um, circle back around, and explain the difference between a studio... And the network, because you talked about being the casting director in a studio, and then a casting, uh, an executive casting director for the network. But sometimes you were both. What are the difference between those two organizations, the studio and the network? All right, Um, a studio you can think
1: about in very basic forms. A studio creates a product. They they make the thing. They create the product. Okay. It's a manufacturer. It's a manufacturer. And a network is a buyer.
0: Mm. A platform
1: on which something is shown. Okay. So. Like the grocery store. The grocery store. So will my product, you know, be at this drugstore? Will it be at this department store? Mm -hmm. Will it be online, not at a brick Mm -hmm. and mortar store? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which would be like, I guess, a streaming Mm -hmm. um, in the traditional sense. So in the traditional network, network, meaning ABC, NBC,
2: mm-hmm.
1: CBS, and mm-hmm. traditional network television,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, there's generally a studio component and a network component. So a person who creates the show, makes the product, mm-hmm. and a person who buys it, who licenses that show.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: hmm Okay.
1: So, and how that all works is a full cycle of, of creating television
2: mm-hmm.
1: for network television starts with development. Mm-hmm. Now for me because my background in casting I would say it all begins with casting but it doesn't because <laughs> if there isn't a story you have nothing to cast <laughs> so it, it begins with development when, in which writers um, and producers or writer producers come in and pitch to at the studio level and they say ah, I've got a great idea for this or if they have an, a deal already with that studio, they're already signed and um, to generate ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, they generate ideas for that pitching season. And so at that time, development executives at the studio level are very busy. Mm-hmm. And the ideas are pitched to the studio. Okay. And then they're developed somewhat. And then further down, those ideas... Are the studio says, yes, we want to work on these ideas. Okay. And then those... We will sell this. Mm-hmm. We will do... Okay. And then those ideas are shopped to networks. Mm-hmm. Um, and after the scripts are written, they're shopped to networks, and the network says, yes, I want to do this show. Mm-hmm. And once they say yes, and they have a script, and they say yes, so sometimes they have a treatment, and they're looking at it, you know? Mm -hmm. What's Um, a treatment? The treatment is, um, it is the idea for the TV show or for the film. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It is written out. There may not be dialogue in it, but it is the story of the show. A descriptive. A description of what the show will be. Okay. What the story, of the story. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there may be a Bible, which is, if you have a very complicated show, mm-hmm. like, say, something like Lost, which has many twists and turns mm-hmm. and different realities or version. there may be a Bible for a show that talks about what are these different levels, these mm-hmm. different worlds, these different creatures, these different places. Okay. So you can reference that. Okay. Um, so once the script is picked up by... The network, mm-hmm. it means it's green-lighted. It means we're going to invest lots of money to make this one particular episode of television. Mm-hmm. And once that is picked up, then everything gets swung into motion. Mm-hmm. So it's a very exciting time when things get picked up and you call producers and you say, Congratulations!
2: Mm-hmm. And say,
1: let's set a call to talk about what what how you see these roles. Mm-hmm. And let's start doing that. So from a casting perspective, we may have already read the script while it was in development. We may have already been brainstorming about the people um, who might have been right for the role or the challenges that we might encounter in casting these particular roles, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on where it's being planned for where it might be shot Mm -hmm. or the type Mm -hmm. of characters that are involved. So we're already making a game plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes we would read many scripts, 50 scripts. Obviously not all 50 are going to be picked up, but we would read them in preparation for the potential that they may be picked up. Okay. So traditional pilot season um, starts around January in network television, in which Mm -hmm. things start getting greenlit, sometimes mid-January, late January. And you generally have eight to ten weeks to cast something until it goes into
0: production. Wow.
1: And when you mean cast something, you're casting several roles. You're casting all the series regulars, and you're casting all the guest stars and all the co-stars for that episode at one Mm. time. In a show that's already on the air, you're only casting guest talent right. or co-star talent for that episode. And whether you're doing a drama, drama or a comedy varies in how many roles you're actually looking for. Traditionally, in, in a comedy, in a sitcom, like a multi-camera comedy, mm-hmm. there may be only two roles that you're casting per okay. week. In a drama, like a big episodic drama, uh, like medical or law-based drama, mm-hmm. you may be casting like ten roles for that drama okay. and that may take and they may be us like a seven day cycle
2: mm. so day
1: one and you have to make sure you have it all ready to go because they're shooting one episode right now and this is the next one so oh, in seven yeah. days they're about to turn around and do another one so it moves fast in TV film is slower
2: mm-hmm.
1: like I don't have much experience in film other than I know that sometimes they have the burden and the luxury of time <laughs> <laughs> depending on how they feel about it mm-hmm. in TV it's always very fast 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 yeah so um but that is the, the development cycle. So then the show, the, the pilot um, is cast, and then it's shot within a number of weeks, and then it's being edited, all for a period of time called Upfronts. And Upfronts is, uh, happens in May in New York. What is it? Uh, it's a uh, time period in which the networks come to New York to show salespeople... Hey, guess what? This is our lineup for fall. This mm-hmm. is when they decided, we may have produced 36 pilots this season, mm-hmm. but here are the 10 we are actually going to pick up to series. Mm-hmm. So you may mm-hmm. make all these projects and look mm-hmm. at them. Um, I always used to say the one of the most amazing things about my job is that I would get paid to watch TV <laughs> for one week. Like, we didn't cast anything. We didn't do anything. We just sat... And breathed and looked at all the work that we had created, helped yeah, create. Yeah, it was an amazing time where you just sit there and literally watch twenty or thirty-six new shows that oh, you just wow. worked the past ten weeks to create.
0: Wow! And ten weeks does not sound like a lot of time. And that's just a cast.
1: Obviously, there's yeah. like two, three weeks, four weeks to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yeah. I'm not sure on the actual production cycle Mm -hmm. of how long it Mm -hmm. takes. But, you know, um, but the point is, is that by the middle of May, it has to be done. It has Mm -hmm. to be already viewed. And the head of the network has already have to decide what they're going to program, what they're going Mm. to pick up. So what they're going to green light to series. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, this is the shows we're going to go with. They go to New York, they say to the salespeople. Here is what are the salespeople buying? They're buying advertisement time.
0: Yeah. Which well, is they're
1: helping sell advertising time around the shows. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole formula and uh, strategy toward that. Yeah, and that's the revenue. Mm-hmm. And that's the business behind T V. Yeah. Besides your pure normal enjoyment in- in- and <laughs> and watching a show there's a whole business side to it as well it's gotta make
0: money yeah (laughs) and the the more more successful the show is the more expensive the airtime is around that
1: right right and there's a whole strategy behind is it you know right after this Mm -hmm. commercial break is it the first is it the second which slot Mm -hmm. is it so Mm -hmm. that i can't really speak to but i know Mm -hmm. there's a strategy behind it and price points um but that is, so that's Upfronts, mm-hmm. and then right after that, there might be a period of recasting for those new shows. Mm-hmm. Perhaps mm-hmm. Um, perhaps they want to change a role, or perhaps ultimately something didn't work out with someone that mm-hmm. you originally thought would, so then mm-hmm. there's a period of recasting that can happen. Mm-hmm. And then there's a, another brief moment to take a breath, and then there's regular series production that happens in June And then you move forward. Wow. And you start all over again Again. with pitching. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And it keeps going on and on and on. So wow. The interesting thing is when you, we talked about levels of of auditions and auditioning. Um, When you go to audition at the studio level, before you ever audition or before your screen test is ever shown, you've signed a contract. And the contract may say, I have signed... On to be on this show for x amount of years so before you can even be seen by the studio or network exec- executives you have to sign a contract and it already clarifies how much you'll be paid if if you're picked up oh wow if you're cast and how much you will be paid each year
0: even, before they've, be, even before they've decided to use even they decided does that limit
1: your opportunities um, well, yeah. So you can only test for so many things. You can only test for one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. So during pilot season, which is a very busy time, yeah. um, if, you're, if you have a test deal, which means generally if someone wants to test you, they call your agent and say, we actually want to invite them to test at the studio level. We, what's their quote? Meaning what mm-hmm. is... If they've never worked in TV, then guess what? This first thing will establish your quote. If you've worked before, that means that you've already been paid a certain amount of money for this type of role, Mm -hmm. and that's your quote. And it's a a technical thing Mm -hmm. that the legal department, like business affairs, looks up and has, and that's provided to to them. Mm -hmm. And so what you're offered for the role, what's negotiated, is based on that quote.
0: Okay. So, and then, again, that... And if you don't book it... Then have null you, and void. Then have you missed out on other opportunities because you can only do one at a time? Potentially. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to
1: be testing for something at the same time or to be waiting to be released from one test deal mm-hmm, so you can mm-hmm. do the other. Sounds nerve-wracking. But generally, um, people are very kind and courteous and, and release you if they know that you won't be moving forward.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Karen, this has been so helpful and informative. Thank you for joining me and helping us out with a casting director's perspective. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Decode the Secrets to Your Success is a production of the Musical Theatre Codex Studio. The series was written by me, Anita Inslee with editorial support by Chris Inslee. You can find more about this topic on our website, which is www.musicaltheatercodex.com. That is theater with an E-R, not R-E. www.musicaltheatercodex.com.